Hello everyone and welcome back to the Rising Podcast. Today's topic is going to be really interesting because I want to dive into the controversy of sidereal and tropical astrology. I know there's plenty of debates going on about this and I don't know if you're aware of this, but especially in the world of astrology, there's always so many debates on what is the practice the practice of astrology, which one is the right one and you know all of that. And I don't know if you've seen or heard about this. If you follow me on social media, I posted a video that was pretty bold and pretty direct on TikTok and Instagram. And both the videos went viral, well, especially the one on TikTok. I think now, a couple of days later, it was posted on Wednesday and now we're Monday and it's over 200,000 views. And there's been many debates going on on that. And while... This has been such an interesting experience for me to see this content go viral. It has triggered a lot of deep thoughts and perspective on this, right? Because it's been, you know, having your content go viral like this, not only you feel so exposed, because now from here, there's no control over how this video is going to get exposed, you know, it's been shared over a thousand times now, so I have no control over who this is being shared to and what is being said about it. So it requires a really strong standpoint and stay grounded in, you know, the blunt opinions that I've put out there. So this has been really challenging in that sense, but also just seeing all the hundreds and hundreds of comments from all different perspectives has also allowed me to really expand my mind on First of all, how this content is going to get received, but also to consider other perspectives. And so it really, you know, I had been having the intention of talking about the debate on sidereal and tropical astrology for a long time, because I know that there's so many people that are still, you know, thinking that there's a lot of relevance to tropical astrology, or maybe they do see the value in sidereal astrology, but still resonate with tropical. And I do still... I do still think that there is some relevance to tropical. And so I did want to talk about that. So first of all, I do want to acknowledge that my intention by sharing so much about sidereal astrology and why we should follow that, and I know that sometimes I can have very blunt ways of saying this because I have so much conviction on what I know to be true that... This is how I present the information. But my sole intention with that is not to convert anyone to sidereal astrology. It's not to say or to diminish other ways of looking into astrology. I think they all have their ways of providing value. It's just that I've, you know, for one, seen it to be true times and times and times over. I see the value in looking at sidereal astrology, whether you decide to switch or not, just looking at your sidereal chart and being open to seeing things in their different perspective, I have seen how powerful that is. And I have seen people, you know, being so open to it that they, you know, adhere to it within a few seconds and those who took years to really be able to see it. And once you see it, it's like you can't unsee it. And personally, it took me about three to four weeks to fully be able to understand my chart in sidereal astrology. And this is coming from, you know, a girl who has been, like, I had previously been studying Western astrology for three, four years, seriously, 
before, you know, so I had already a really deep knowledge of astrology and it took me a long, like, you know, it is considered to be a long time, three to four weeks for me to be able to fully say, yes, I do see the truth in that. So it is not an easy, an easy switch. I totally get that. And so my intention with that is not to, it's not to convert anyone to say, yes, you should choose sidereal astrology over tropical. Although, well, okay, it's not to convert you, but it is to show what I have seen to be the most valuable. And that's what I truly care about. What I truly care about is to see people have a shift of perspective and seeing how it applies to them so much. Because oftentimes I can talk to someone and I can see how you know, this could be valuable for them because there are certain things that I can see in who they are. And when I see in their chart and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is so powerful for you to acknowledge this. And if they get stuck in their egos, like they get stuck on the label of, you know, I'm a Gemini or I'm an Aries or whatever. If you get stuck on the label, then you miss on the magic. It's not about the labels. It's about the interpretations that you make of this. And oftentimes what happens is that people get stuck on their sun sign or their big threes or just they get stuck on the labels. And it's not about that. It's about the interpretations that you see. And a chart is way more complex than just looking at your planet placements and the different signs. So it is not enough to say that you don't resonate with Venus and Aquarius or your Sun and Pisces or any of those things. It is not enough because you need to take into consideration the aspects, the houses, the stars, the, you know, like so many more, so much more than just that. So that's something that I really want to embrace deeper is to do it from a place of I care about how valuable this can be for you and I see how valuable this can be for you and that's my only intention. It is not about adhering to one system or the other. I just see that this one has so much value and depth to offer. So I only ask that someone who would have resistance to it opens up their mind to see things differently and remove the practice and the labels out of it. That is the main intention. Now, why I say that sidereal has been so much more valuable than tropical, I'll actually, and you can go back, I've shared a, an episode on my story of switching from tropical to sidereal before, I think it's episode four, so it's the very, first, the very beginning of the podcast. But I, I share this because it was my personal experience and not just my own, but I have over 200 charts in my database. And I've tested everything that I stand for. I have tested with more than my own chart. It is never enough for me to base something only on my own chart. I always test it with at least 10 charts or more. And so when I first made the switch, okay, sure, I saw that there were some things that were relevant to me. But you see, I came from the Western and tropical background. So I, as I mentioned, I was already studying Western astrology with the tropical zodiac for three to four years before I discovered sidereal. I had kind of heard about it before, but never really looked into it seriously. So when I did use tropical astrology, it was still relevant. I still resonated with my tropical chart, obviously. That's the reason why I got into astrology in the first place. So I'm not saying that it shouldn't resonate with you or that 100% of it is wrong. I personally resonated with it. And I did 
readings in tropical astrology when I first started, it did resonate with people to a certain extent. I had friends and families that were, you know, that were into what I was doing and wanted to know about their chart and they resonated with that. So I'm not saying that you wouldn't resonate with your tropical chart. I see most people do. And that's why I do see that tropical astrology does have some value to it. And clearly it does because that's what majority of the people follow. That's what the majority of people use, especially in the Western Hemisphere. So it makes sense. I'm not saying that it doesn't. I'm just saying sidereal can take you further. And that's what I've seen, you know, personally. So if I go only based on my personal experience, because I can't, you know, share about all the hundred stories that I've seen over the years. But with my personal experience, when I looked at my sidereal with my tropical chart, I did see... Now, looking back, I can see that about 10% of it was accurate. There was a couple of things that I resonated with, and those are the parts that I focused on when I was looking at it. So I didn't realize this at the time, but I was only resonating with 10% of the chart. And so that 10% was still very powerful. And I, I, you've, you may have heard me use this analogy before. It's like the human brain. We say that we use only 10% of the human brain, yet it is so powerful what we can do already within that 10%. The human brain is so powerful that only with 10%, there is so much that we can achieve. Yet there's still a 90% that is untapped. And so that's how I see tropical and in in, in sidereal. I see tropical being about the 10% and there's still amazing things you can do with that 10%. There's still amazing forecasts that I see astrologers do. There's plenty of tropical astrologers that I do highly respect. That I do think that they know what they're doing and that they provide great value. I can only imagine how much further they would go if they changed to sidereal. But I still see that there's so much value within that 10% of, of what you can tap into when you use the tropical zodiac. And that is my personal opinion of how I see the practice from the hundreds of readings and studies, case studies that I've done. That's just what I've observed. I've observed that tropical was about 10% accuracy compared to what sidereal can provide. So it's like once I blew the doors open from sidereal astrology has just took me 90% further down. And so that's why I'm so convicted about showing the potential of sidereal astrology. And so to explain a little bit in more depth how tropical astrology can still work, it is a system that has been based on the seasons, the calendar for the Western Hemisphere. So if you look at the seasons, and this is, you know, part of the flaws of tropical astrology is the fact that it only applies to the seasons in the Western Hemisphere. It does not apply to Australia. So that's where it's a little bit weird because it works for seasons that we have on only one side of the world. So it just doesn't make sense that it, you know, I feel like it's a cultural thing more than anything. So in that sense, that's just, you know, one of the flaws that we see with that. But from our perspective in the Western Sphere, it does apply to the seasons. So that's why we see Aries seasons. Aries season starts with spring equinox, which is where everything blooms, where everything is, you know, 
it's the new year. It's everything that is initiating, everything that is starting anew from after taking a rest in the winter. So the Aries energy is similar to the spring energy that we have. You know, so that's that's where there's some accuracy to tropical because it does follow the seasons. So it is the seasonal, and that's why it's called tropical, <laughs> um, because it is the seasonal energy that we are feeling. So from that perspective, yes, it does make sense. And when we switch over to the spring equinox, when we switch over to spring season, people say that they do feel the Aries energy. And I personally believe that it's because you feel the spring energy of something starting new, but it's not actually Aries. Not anymore, anyway, because we're no longer starting Aries season at the same time as spring equinox. 2000 years ago, this was the case. Now it no longer is. So when we actually hit spring equinox and start spring season, even though you do feel some regenerate. Regen uh, that's my French accent <laughs> coming out, um, rejuvenating energy, you're still in Pisces season. And I've definitely experienced that over the, couple of the, the, over the past couple of years. It's like you feel like you're starting to get your energy back up, yet we're still in the dreamy phase and slow phase of Pisces. It really hits around mid-April where we get the full Aries energy. So that's one way of looking at it. Yes, there's still some relevance to the seasons that we feel according to tropical astrology because of the way it ties with the Western Hemisphere seasons only. So that's one way of looking at it. Another way of looking at it is that there is technically an overlap between tropical and sidereal. So first of all, because the, the zodiac has only shifted 23 to 25 degrees backwards, there's still an overlap between the signs. So, you know, people, like it happens often that people have the same signs if they're born between the 15th and the 21st approximately because of that overlap. Those are the dates that it tends to be the same, the same sign. Um, so it, and that's the case for every placement. If someone has a planet placement that is located at 29 degrees of their chart or even 27 degrees of their chart, it would still stay in the same sign. So there is some overlap. There is some planets that will stay in the same sign. So that happens for people that they're, you know, maybe you've always resonated with your sun sign because you actually are that sign. You're one of the few that their sign doesn't change. Maybe you've already always resonated with your moon sign because your moon sign stays the same. So, you know, there's that overlap that needs to be taken into consideration. Now, when we look at the chart as a whole, there's also the houses. Most of the time, the houses won't change. For me and my chart... Pretty much all my houses stays the same. So my sun was still in the 10th house. My Mars was still in the first house. All of that didn't change. So those parts of my chart that I definitely resonated with didn't change. So that's another reason why I resonated with my tropical chart a lot. Because the houses were accurate. So the houses don't change and the aspects don't change either. So let's say someone in their tropical, in their tropical chart have... I don't know, the Sun conjunct Mars, this would still stay the same in your sidereal chart. It would just be in a different sign, likely. 
but the aspects and the houses stay the same. And there's about a 15% chance that your planets are going to stay, or some planets of your chart are going to stay the same as well. So that's where there's actually an overlap between tropical and sidereal. So it is normal that you would definitely resonate with some aspects of your tropical chart. And another thing that I've seen oftentimes in, or most of the time, in charts. And that's why I always say you need to look at the chart as a whole. Because oftentimes what happens is that your chart is kind of reorganized in sidereal astrology. So from tropical to sidereal it is reorganized. And why I say this is that oftentimes when I talk to someone and they have resistance to their sidereal chart because they're stuck on the labels. They say, oh my gosh, I resonate so much with being a Gemini. I can't be a Taurus. And then I'll ask, why do you resonate with being a Gemini? Oh, well, because I'm so smart. Okay, well, you actually have your sun conjunct Mercury. Like, that is a very intellectual placement. Or they have a stellium in the ninth house, which is the house of higher education. So there's certain things like that where you can't stay stuck on, well, I'm so smart and I'm so curious and I love books, so therefore I have to be a Gemini. No, there could be other things that would indicate that you have these traits and characteristics. They're just explained differently in a different chart. So that's where we can't stay stuck on the labels, right? And I see this almost every single time that someone has resistance to sidereal astrology. They stay stuck on the labels. And when I look at their chart as a whole, I'm able to explain what they resonate with. So that's why... I'm always asking, what do you resonate? What do you not? And then we can always find the answer within the chart as a whole. But just looking at your placements, just looking at your sun, moon, and rising is not enough to get a full interpretation. So that's also something to take into consideration. So to summarize everything, it does make sense that you would resonate with your tropical chart to a certain extent. I'm just offering a different perspective that I truly believe, and even more than believe, I've seen this so many times over that there's no way that I could believe differently. I know that sidereal astrology can provide so much more depth than tropical could ever do. And that's why I'm so convicted in showing sidereal astrology to people, because I really truly see the value in that. And so that's why whenever I hear or will deal with someone who feels resistant or will oftentimes I just see that it's their ego that is getting triggered because they've, you know, if you've grown up your whole life thinking that you're a Gemini and then suddenly you find out that you're a Taurus, it is a really big challenge. It is a really big ego shift. So it is normal that you would feel some resistance to that. Hell, I've gone through this myself, so I totally get it. But what I find is going to be helpful in that way is that you open up your mind and remove the labels. Stop focusing on being a Gemini or being a Libra or being a Leo. None of that matters. Focus on the interpretation. Something that my one of my mentors has taught us in class, he said... Don't focus on the context, focus on the content. The context is, oh, the sun is in Gemini, the Venus is in Aquarius, and all of those things. The content is, 
you're someone that would be very intuitive. You're someone that would be creative. You're someone that, you know, displacements would mean that you have an ability to work with your hands. Those are the things that you want to focus on, not, not the labels. And oftentimes people have preconceived ideas of what certain placements are. So again, that's the ego getting in the way. Because I hear so many times, I don't want to be a Gemini because my ex was a Gemini and he was terrible. And I'm like, okay, well, first of all, you can't judge someone just on, you can't judge someone just on that. And they actually probably weren't the Gemini. <laughs> they actually, and they actually probably weren't a Gemini, but were actually a Taurus. So this point is invalid now. I hear this so many times. So that's one argument I often hear. But another thing is that because people have preconceived ideas of what the signs are, it also clouds the judgment. And so just focusing on, well, I don't resonate with Gemini because they're two-faced and I'm not like that. Okay, well, that's not a strong enough statement to disregard everything. Because there's more to it. And you always have to look at which house placement it's in and if there's any aspects to it and another thing that my mentor taught us which I thought was really really valuable is to understand something called cancellations and I think I've talked about this in a previous episode as well cancellation is when you have you know let's say you would you would think that Gemini is fast-paced so because you have your son in Gemini, you would have the tendency to say that you're fast-paced and you actually don't resonate with that. But if I look at your chart, I could, and I see that, for example, you would have a Mars and Taurus. Mars is how you take action and Taurus is not fast-paced. So therefore, the fact that you would think that you're fast-paced would be cancelled by the Mars and Taurus. So that, that's why I say that there's so much more going on, right? There's, there's, there's so much complexity to a chart. And that's why you can't stay stuck on only the signs. So that's why when people say, oh, I don't resonate with Gemini. Well, if you have a Mars and Taurus, that would make sense. So those are the things to take into consideration when switching over. So as a summary, please stay open-minded and never believe that a chart can tell you more about who you are than your own intuition. Again, if you look at your chart and you see that you should be fast-paced and you don't resonate with that, then throw it out. It doesn't have to be true. Focus on what you know to be true about yourself. Astrology, numerology, all those practices are only here to bring awareness. But you are always the authority over anything else. And so... It's just that having awareness around who you are, opening up your mind about different aspects of yourself can be so life-changing. Personally, I'll tell you a little side note about myself. When I discovered my sidereal chart, I've never acknowledged that I was someone that was stubborn in a way, but it was more determined and fixed in my own ways and that I needed stability. Because in my subconscious mind, I always believed that I was a Gemini and that I was adaptable. And while that was true to a certain extent, I never acknowledged my need for stability and fixed energy and determination for things to be persistent 
And that's what I mean. When I opened up my mind about this, I never would have been able to see that part of myself and acknowledge that this was something that I needed had I not discovered my sidereal chart. And at first, I did have some resistance to it because I did see myself as someone that was adaptable, and I do believe that to be true, yet I did not see the part that I also needed time to adapt to things. <laughs> I'm not fast-paced as I thought I was. I'm definitely slow-paced, but I can adapt to things, but I need time to do so. And that's my Taurus energy. So that's what I mean. If things trigger you, if it feels like it's off, question. Ask people around you. Ask your friends, maybe if they have a perspective of you. Ask a professional. Reach out to me on Instagram. My DMs are always open. I love talking to people and support in whatever way I can. Send me an email if you want to. And question yourself. Open up your perspective. Take the labels out. Those are the ways that you're going to inv investigate yourself. And that's what I believe is the key to wisdom in life. Socrates said, his best, said it best. The key to wisdom starts with knowing thyself. And so everything that I do is all about promoting knowing thyself. That's always my intention. So if you're interested to learn more about these practices, I will be offering a free live class on May 17th. If you can't make it live, don't worry. There's always going to be a replay. So you can sign up for that on my website. The information is there. I'll also put the link in the show note. In that work, in that live class, I'm going to be talking about the 10 most common questions that people have about astrology. So this is going to be really interesting because I want to dive a little deeper onto how to use the practice and what are my recommendations and just what are the 10 most common things that people talk about, question. So there may be questions that maybe you don't even realize that you have. Um, if you are someone that is interested in this practice, definitely this class is going to be answering a lot of your questions. And I really look forward to connecting with you over there. And if you feel like you also need some resources on my website, there's also the astrology and numerology guide that you can download that you can download for free. So that's another resource that I highly recommend you look into because in there I've literally put the summary of every possible placement that you can <laughs> that you can um, find in your chart. So you'll find you know what is the first house, what is the second house, what is Venus, what does Mars mean, you know all of that. It's all encapsulated in the guide. So I highly recommend you check that out. And one more time, my friend, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I'm so glad that you find it valuable. Clearly, if you're still listening to this, you still find it valuable. Um, and I would truly, truly appreciate if you wanted to leave a review as well. That would help me so much to know about what you think about the podcast. And also it would help more people to learn and discover about it. So Please leave a review, share with your friends. And other than that, I will wish you a beautiful rest of your day, wherever and whenever you are listening to this. 